Welcome to the Religion and Story podcast. This week's topic is thinking about how we use church buildings. We're calling it more than a steeple. Oftentimes, we don't think about the way we use our church buildings. We're more concerned with the people, the church itself. But the church building is a capital-intensive resource. We put a lot of money into it, and we should be good stewards with how we use it. So let's go do a roundabout and see how each of us thinks would be the best way to use our church buildings. Dana, what are you thinking about the topic? Uh, so I'll start off by saying this the this idea, which seems sort of obvious once you start to reflect on it, never even occurred to me until I did my first ministry internship in the Fort Worth area. And the preacher I was working under uh, mentioned that he had in recent years been trying to maximize the the church building for the congregation he was a part of. And he said, uh, because that church is in uh, the close to the downtown area in a heavily populated area, that he said for a lot of church or uh, congregations, the, the those congregations are looked upon negatively by the community because they have a large piece of land. Usually, church buildings are quite a bit larger than uh, stores or restaurants in the area. They're usually pretty big edifices, and because of that. The community looks down on those congregations because they bought up this land that only gets used uh, once, maybe three times a week for an hour or a couple hours at a time. Um, it's really a, a waste of very valuable real estate, um, and you, you've done the community a disservice in that way. And he said that, and he said they've been trying to make strides to to fix that for their own church, and that's become an issue that I think is very important since then. Uh, maybe a couple ways to start the discussion or a couple ideas would be using the church building for uh, studying or tutoring purposes. I know of a handful of congregations who have done that with their church building where they bring in local school children and sometimes they'll uh, match them up with members of the congregation or sometimes they just let other, they, they're renting out the building for someone else to use. And that's a that's a really neat thing that I think is benefiting the community. It's benefiting children, and occasionally can even give your congregation a way to uh, be helpful. So that's uh, one good thing. What do y'all think? What are other good ways that you could use the church building? Well, if you bring up education, uh, the church I go to uh, really hit the nail on the head with uh, they have a school that is run out of the congregation. <laughs> Really, one up to me on that uh, not, one. Uh, well, the congregation funds it. It's part of the budget. I mean, they don't completely fund the school. It is a private school, K through 12, and obviously tuition is paid. Uh, but a lot of the maintenance around the, the campus, if you want to call it that, uh, is paid uh, by the church. Um, anyway, uh, other things that I've seen just from experience uh, that I've been at different congregations over the course of my life is uh, a pantry is really a go-to one especially if you're in a city center and there's poverty and there's people that uh, need your basic groceries that is a way that the members of the congregation can serve and you can reach out to the community by taking care of those that are in need Uh, um, I mean we can get into other ministries but 
how are you making use of the building? Um, I would say one that came out to me is you could uh, use it to lease office space to um, other businesses that are reputable. Um, I know that that then takes away part of your uh, the tax uh, your tax exempt ID as a religious or not or sorry a charitable organization. Um, but if you're uh, doing it for free as a charity, you're not um, leasing it for money. You're just giving it away and letting uh, the community use it for whatever purpose that might be. Uh, however, there's a high liability that would uh, go with that. You would need to <laughs> have a pretty uh, extensive contract for what they can use it for. Um, Th those are just some of the ones that come to my head. The the pantry one is obviously uh, your your building is a center, a community center that people can come to, um, it, where it acts as almost a place of refuge. Um, what do you guys think? I, I like that idea of office space. You know, of of leasing or charitably giving to those who need a place to work. I, I honestly had not heard that before, and it might even force my congregation to get some decent Wi-Fi. But I digress. <laughs> so I, I agree. Uh, I like the idea of the school educational benefits. Daniel, as, as you talked about, you know, just bringing in those from the community. Not that this is the uh, entire point of the podcast, but... As more and more states introduce voucher programs, which are state-sponsored private school payment programs, uh, for lack of a better term, I think it will be on churches, on congregations, to say, we're going to step up to the plate and, and take care of our community. That will really show, are we more focused about our own members, or are we focused about those who could hear the gospel message? So... As a congregation, when we're thinking about our building, we're thinking about how can we use it to spread the word. Now, you can't just have gospel meetings 24-7 in your building. And you also have to think about what does the community want from it. So it's going to look different in all sorts of places. If you're in a downtown urban location or if you're in a sub suburban location, maybe even in a neighborhood, um, are we going to have big, you know, gra lots of grass that takes up a lot of space. Daniel, as you hinted at, I think that the urban centers are just going to get mad at that. You know, you want to look nice while the rest of us are, are living here in poverty. You're spending money watering your grass rather than feeding the community, uh, spending the money on health care. Um, so once, you know, I've heard of places using it as a, uh, a walk-in clinic, you know, using the medical expertise of the congregation. Um, tax services would be another good option. One uh, that I've I wanted to do just because we have a a school um, and school facilities on our uh, on our campus is offering like a soccer camp or something like that to just uh, um, if you sign up, we'll take this many kids and we'll give you a free soccer camp for the week. Just bring a ball and water. Uh, just any any service where you can give somebody something that they would need at no cost and you're giving back to the community, that is uh, the go-to way that you could use the building. Right. Offering those services 
to the community, I think is really what's key. But at the same time, integrating it with your members. So you, let's take the soccer uh, camp example. Let's say you could fit 15 kids into the camp, have five, six, seven of your kids sign up, have them pay a, a general fee that might cover the cost of a soccer ball for some of the poor kids of the neighborhood to come in, give them five spots, and then also just say five spots for non-members who want to pay. So you're, you're getting a diverse socioeconomic makeup of the participants, but you're also getting your members uh, to, to be integrated so that they can be salt and light to the community. And in that way, it's also a whole family experience. Not only are the kids able to spend time with maybe people they already go to school with, but also the parents would get to meet other parents who aren't churchgoers, but uh, I'm using air quotes here. You, you meet them on your turf. You meet them on, in the, you meet them in the place where you're wanting them to come. After all, you're wanting them to come to your church building. So why not invite them there? Yeah, maybe it's for a, a different experience than what you're really wanting them to sign up for, but it, it's probably a good idea. And I've also heard of uh, all sorts of, of sports ideas, people coming up with uh, a basketball league that's hosted out of church buildings. But uh, so, so those are more ideas about ways to bring people to your to your church building that might not otherwise come there. Stephen, what are you thinking? Yeah, and if your church is struggling to find out of ways to minister, think about the type of people, or not the type, but the, uh, the draw that you will have to the community. If you just put up a sign that says, free this, whatever this uh, is, it doesn't really make a difference. Once somebody says, free this, they will say, do I have time to go get this? Because uh, I will be there. They will do it. I guarantee you. Um, the uh, one thing that, uh, sorry, another thing that has come to mind for me is if you said free marriage counseling for couples, uh, as long as you, we can have this many, we can fit this many people in our building. If you can get on the sign up list before it fills up, we'll offer you this service for free, which normally would cost a lot. All you have to do is show up and you could take that one step further once you get people in the door that way by offering them a free service, maybe you could then change the sign to say free sermon and worship service Sunday morning at nine o'clock. See if people still show up. <laughs> what? They're already making so, their members pay for that? <laughs> well, it so, reminds me of the time we put up the sign that said free Willie. No one came. It was very sad. Bad joke. Okay. All right. Daniel, go ahead. So... What do y'all think uh, about the criticisms that might be leveled against this discussion? Uh, that the church is not meant to um, be used in such a way. Uh, it's only supposed to be used for members of the congregation, or maybe it's only supposed to be used for worship. Or maybe just the more, more general critique would be that it should only be used for something that is evangelistic. Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? Let me say something that might be offensive to some of our listeners. And if it's not offensive to our listeners, it's probably offensive to people that we you know, attend uh, that are parts of our congregation. You could have stopped your sentence at, uh, what if the church is not meant to be? 
you know, this idea that buildings are somehow holy structures uh, that, that God has set apart. You know, I'm the first one to say I want our buildings to look nice. If we buy things, we should take care of them. We should put forth our best our best effort. And part of that is preparing a space. Space is very important, but preparing a space that allows us to to focus and to connect with God during our times of worship. But well, if I'm going to say I disagree with that. Oh, well, let me let me finish. So you finish, and then I'll and then, then disagree. Yeah, please, please do. If if we think though that that is the entire purpose of the resource resources that God has given us, we have a a one day a week faith. We have a faith that is focused on one hour of our lives, and that's the, that's the the piece of the pie that we've given to God, rather than giving Him the whole thing. God God is a piece of our lives rather than the flavor of our lives, and in that way, we fail to see what what is meant by this innovation of church buildings. Church buildings don't go back to the beginning. It's an innovation that has been a good thing, but in some ways we've made it into a God thing. And churches are good. Church buildings are good at being church buildings. They're really bad at being gods. So I've, I've heard preachers put it that way before. And I think it's appropriate here. Stephen, disagree with that. Let me, I'm going to the part where you said that you like, to have a nice church building that's important to you. As opposed to having a trashy one. I mean, I'd rather people take care of it rather than trashy. I'm going to take it the the direction of you should have a humble one. There's no reason for extravagant living. Um, God uh, has even made the comment himself that he does not need a palace to live in when he has lived in a tent for uh, up to that point. Um, when they were wanting to build the temple. For the record, when when Solomon asked to build the temple, God said, yes, thank you. So, and he right. builds them the nicest yet. one ever. Right. So, But what makes us any different than the Catholic Church that built all these huge cathedrals, but for the purpose of what? You're building these houses of worship, but at what cost... Why are we doing this extravagant thing when we could be using a humble setting? Because it, at that point, it becomes a distraction. Okay. So, and you are, how are we supposed to emulate going into um, our room, closing the door, and and praying in secret? When I mean, obviously, this is a worship setting, but. Uh, it becomes a distraction at that point. Stephen, I, I completely understand where you're coming from. In fact, I would say that most people within our fellowship agree with you, and that is why churches of Christ are known for building ugly buildings. Uh, Daniel, I want you to talk about the important... Humble buildings. Sure, humble, ugly buildings. Daniel, <laughs> I want you to talk about the importance of art in the Christian life, the importance of embracing uh, beauty, like... As much you can slam, you know, Catholic doctrine all you want. Obviously, our listeners know that we are not the friendliest to Catholic doctrine on this podcast. Uh, but go visit I think, season one. Yeah, season one. But one thing that I I don't agree with you on is the non-importance of beauty, even when it comes to buildings. Art is okay. Daniel, you talk. 
Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say a few things about that. One, this isn't Lincoln Douglas, but I'll, I'll go ahead and say that you shouldn't say, like, you can't make the argument from we don't want to be like Catholics unless there's something specifically wrong. Like, we shouldn't not make beautiful buildings just to say uh, because right. Catholics do exactly. that. Exactly. I think because there's a, it's wasteful. No, okay. no, See, no, that, no. That, that would be an argument. I would say no. that if you were a private organization that uh, your job was to make beautiful buildings – then yes, you should go do that. Our job is to tell, preach the truth to people and bring souls to Christ. I would okay. argue that beauty does bring souls to Christ, including the buildings. Doing it for the wrong reasons. I wish They're I wish we had those buildings. I wish, building and like you said, you don't want to make the building God, and that's what you're doing. I wish we had those nice buildings so that people would come to our congregation and say, "Wow, this is amazing! It brings glory to God." I'm in awe. Tell me more about your God, Daniel. As a short anecdote, there's uh, anyone who's gone, like, visited Harding or just gone through Little Rock. You've probably seen the Pentecostal church right outside of the city. It's one of the most beautiful buildings I've seen in my life. The inside is just as beautiful as the outside. And um, they built that partly out of need because the church had grown so much they had to build a bigger building but uh the building's beauty has attracted even more people to fill up the building even more Uh, that is again that is anecdotal but i think it's uh, worth noting um yeah i i've i had a sermon series that i did on this where i say art is an important part of being uh, a christian Um, It's an important part of joining God in his work of uh, inaugurating or bringing in the kingdom into this world. The whole point of the Lord's Prayer is uh, ushering in the kingdom. Uh, I don't want to argue this too much. Uh, I would go ahead and say I don't think that the main goal of Christianity is to convert souls. I think that's one of maybe a handful of things that are treated pretty equally uh, in the New Testament, of these other purposes behind being Christian. Um, but even without stressing that point, I would say just a part of being Christian is making beautiful things. Now, I will say, uh, even with that belief, it's still hard to gauge uh, how much is too much. Because like you said, Stephen, um you don't want to be wasteful. And whenever you have to weigh side by side, uh, do I want to feed a hungry mouth um, and give people water to drink? Or do I want to make something beautiful? Beauty is always out of excess. That's almost by its definition. Right. It is something not needed. Um, and but you see, you see the tension in the New Testament and in the history of the church when, um, and you'll see, this is really just a, a philosophical and ethical issue of, do I always have to be doing the maximum good thing? And most people have, maybe they haven't come to it for logical reasons. Maybe they just come to it because it's tiring if you don't decide this. Most people have said, no, you don't always have to do the maximum good thing, um, partly because it's impossible for the human to do um and maybe it so just to to sum up say beauty making beauty is an important thing and i think 
having that in our church buildings is valuable. Um, though, uh, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, most of the time it should not be to the neglect of helping people both spiritually and physically. So I think we can all kind of agree on that ultimate goal. So we're running short on time. Stephen, I I know you disagree with us on some of these topics. Stephen, why don't you have the first concluding remarks? Me and Daniel will go, and then we'll give you the last word too. Sure. Uh, Most of the listeners probably think I'm taking an extreme viewpoint as far as uh, ruling out uh, extravagant churches or uh, structures. Um, And... uh, Maybe I need to give it a little bit of, um, uh, put it into perspective that there are congregations that don't believe that you should have a kitchen uh, in your church because it's not scriptural. The early church didn't have that, yet they had houses, and of course you'd think that they had a, a, a place to prepare meals in the homes where they were having church. Uh, the same sermon that uh, I remember hearing this in, the preacher said that while he was in his office working on this sermon, I said, hold on, offices are not condoned in scripture either, buddy. So, uh, but uh, I think when we were doing our prep for our podcast, we mentioned uh, non-institutional churches of Christ, which do not believe that funds from that are given uh, through a contribution for the church they should not be uh, used for outside organizations like you would not uh, support uh, anything besides the church itself um, or missionaries of uh, other congregations. Uh, so any if there was like, a, I don't know, like the Magi Project, which I think is very popular during Christmas time, they would not support that with their funds. Having said that, at that point, you have as much money as you want to uh, cater back to the church, which I think is a selfish thing where you're not giving out to the community. The community is um, once you take care of your basic needs, because I believe that that is a Christian principle of living modestly and almost minimalistly, um, but modest living, I think, is a scriptural principle. And when we are building up a essentially um, a distraction or something that is eye candy for the people uh, that are coming in. They're coming for the wrong reasons. Um, why is it that you have to come to a church that is attractive to you, that is comfortable for you? And we talked about this in our uh, last uh, podcast about um, being uncomfortable with what's going on. If you're going to f- go find a church, then that is going to make you comfortable and you're going for the wrong reasons. And if, uh, if that's what it's going to take for you to go to a church, then as soon as it becomes uncomfortable or out of style, then you're just going to leave unless you can keep up that level of comfort. So Stephen, I I agree with most of what you said, although I think you could easily replace the last thing you said with what if you came to the church because you joined a soccer camp? Like, is that out of convenience? It's not the reason why you come to a church. It's the reason why you stay. You can come for any reason. Soccer camp, beautiful buildings, food pantry, whatever. We stay because of Jesus Christ. And I agree with you. If you don't stay because of him, then you're staying for the wrong reasons. 
I just want to make one other closing comment about this idea of building usage. We've, we've thrown a lot of stuff out there, and no one congregation can do any of it. So when we're asking the question, though, is my church building being used to the glory of God? I think the way we answer this is, uh, does my community see it as an asset to the community? Do they see it as a place where all are welcome, uh, where the, the community is brought together, uh, where you know victims are taken care of, and and others are cel- and other uh, young people are celebrated? And is it some somewhere where the the congregation is proud of and where they can worship God together? Um, that and in making sure that, that the building is, is being used rather than just being a, an empty lot, I, I think those are the questions we have to ask ourselves. Uh, Daniel? Uh, yeah, I know that we have a handful of elders that listen to our podcast. And for those people with uh, some some power, I would give the challenge coming off of this podcast to try and come up with a way or think of a way to have people at your church six days out of the week. That's a good goal to go for. It just uh, Sunday and Wednesday, those are pretty easy, but, um, but yeah. yeah make Sunday sure through, one of them Sunday. That's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Sunday through Friday. Uh, if you could have, if you can come up with something where your church building is open and there's something going on there, if it's, uh, worship two nights of the week and a, it's a tutoring program one day and an AA meeting on another day and whatever else you can come up with. These are all great things, but having that goal of trying to have your building used six days out of the week, I think that's a, a good place to start. All right. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We hope that it's been uplifting and encouraging and also challenging for all of our listeners. Please subscribe to our podcast if you have not already done so. Leave a review and any comments that you would like for us to consider going into the future. Look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks.